On Second Shot, we tackle two new headlines every week to find out what kind of wisdom the world is dishing out today. And we want you to be a part of that. When you see a headline you want to take a second shot at, or if you're looking for advice, or just want to tell us what you think of the show, email us at secondshotcast at gmail.com. If you like what you hear, rate us on iTunes. This helps us move up in the ratings so more people will see us. And if you want to hear more, subscribe to the show so that the new episodes will get straight to you every single Friday. We love you. Thanks for listening and enjoy. There's a lot of news in the world today. News that might surprise you, startle you, upset, or maybe impress. News that's not always for the faint of heart. That's why the man who failed his way to success, Heath Oaks, is stepping up. Tackling today's headlines with ignorance on fire in a way only a millennial mogul can. Take off your sport coat, grab a beer, and enjoy the conversation. This is Second Shot with your host, Heath Oaks. Pretty sure we got a really awesome special guest on today that's going to help us fire it up a little bit with some fiery topics i think we're going to have on on take as well but we got the lovely layla muhammadan hello hello thanks for having me i'm so honored to be here yeah and we got zach and matt as always yes thank you hello hello you know matt hides back there because he wants to be the cool guy he's like too he's a little like to sit in the dark to my little cave too cool for school back there Uh, yeah And Layla is uh, one of the the, uh, hosts on the Morning Dose with Mm. Jenny. Um, Everybody on here knows my wife, Jenny. She's on often with us. And um, Layla's one of the hosts with it. And Jenny's uh, really enjoyed working with her. And, and, you know, she's got the perfect personality for the second shot as well. So I I begged her and conned her into coming in and... (laughs) There was no conning, no conning. Begged and conned. I was honored. It was definitely an honor. So thank you for inviting me. And Jenny's a delight. I work with her every morning and uh, very positive. Yep. And just super beautiful. You guys know that for seeing her. Oh, trust me. I'm married. Sometimes I just stare at her like, wow. (laughs) <laughs> and 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 you know that and but and she's real she and, is. and you know that's the thing you don't really get it I, i'm gonna tell you i proposed to her within five months meeting her and i but before i did i had to go i i forced myself to idaho un, unreally unreally invited because i didn't think it was real i was like there's no way somebody can meet this pretty and awesome Aww. and she had such a good heart and every mm-hmm. i'm like i'm getting the wool over my eyes i gotta go meet her family <laughs> so, to see if this is wrong. real yeah sure and i get up there idaho meet her family and leave and i said i'm buying the ring and i'm proposing because she's real and so weren't you injured when you went to visit yeah, the family and a, so that rubbed off on her that was actually a good thing yeah that I, you went injured yeah in, in idaho <laughs> in new year's i had hip surgery i'm on uh-huh. crutches trying to walk on ice which is yeah. old texas boy ain't used to walking on ice uh-huh. a whole lot. Oh. So, yeah, it was fun adventure. I like that, that was the last checkbox in the relationship yep. list. Okay, it's got to be her family. It's the only explanation. <laughs> She's from Idaho. They got to be weird. And you go down there, it's like, nope, they're fine. They're All normal. right, yeah, they yeah. got to. That's yep. it. I'm just laced yeah. up. I love it. So we got our first headline here that I think is going to be kind of an interesting for us. Uh, uh, Zach, you got it? Yes. An op-ed out of Forbes called Boss Baby Millennials in Charge. This is written by a millennial who is now a boss over some folks who are a little older than him and maybe a little wiser. And uh, he just kind of outlines kind of the trouble with, with trying to manage as a millennial because millennials are now the largest working generation in the U.S., they're starting to get up there. They're starting mm-hmm. to get to the top. You're familiar, Heath. You can understand. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of outlines some things that millennials do that are different than traditional, maybe baby boomer managers. Uh, specifically, he's got a line in here that I think is really, really telling. Uh, I'm here to support and guide you, but I won't listen to boring ideas. More than ever, sales leaders have to be creative and innovative. So forgive me if I don't listen when you tell me about planning the same event that every other competitor is planning. 
I, I shouldn't have to give you permission to be bold and creative because you've never been given to permission to do that before. You should be willing to just kind of stand out and do it and go for it and let's see what happens. And, and, and that's uh, fairly generational. What do you think? So you would expect me to do <clears throat> the typical thing here would be as a, I mean, I, I started, uh, um, I started my first company when I was 20 years old. And, and so I've, I've hired, you know, I'd say out of the 600 people that work for me now, mm, 75% are older than me. Mm-hmm. So you would expect to, Oh, let me give some tips on that too. But I'm not, you know why? Because I am sick and tired of everybody being lumped in to everything in stereotype type world, right? See, I don't think as Americans and as people in general, we spend enough time these days just getting to know the damn person next to us without worrying if what the color, their background, their religion, their their generational bias, their whatever bias. You know, it's like don't you don't be reading these things and think if you're a millennial that this is how I need to lead my people. No, you need to go figure out and know your people. Find mm-hmm. out who they are. Mm-hmm. I've never led one person one way. I've told everybody that I've ever worked with is that I 100% play favorites and I 100% will treat you differently than you. Right. Here's the reality. If Emmett, back in the day with the Cowboys, if Emmett Smith came in late to a meeting and the four-string practice squad guy came in late, the four-string practice guy is probably going to get fined. Emmett Smith, probably mm-hmm. not getting fined. Right. That's okay. He had worked to be who he was, right? Mm-hmm. So... I'm sick of us lumping anything and anybody into one stereotype and thinking that we can read this if I'm a millennial boss and go, this is how I'm going to lead my people. No. I think we need to spend more time getting to know every one person individually versus that being classified. What are your thoughts? I love your point, and it's valid and it's right. When you think about when someone new comes in as a boss, right? And yeah. if you had someone come in as a boss who, who's younger, you were that boss, mm-hmm. right? Change is hard for a lot of people. So if, if 75% of your employees are older than you, um, when you walk in, they're thinking, okay, who is this guy? What does he know? Mm-hmm. How am I going to learn from him? Oh, Lord, where did he go to school? Who does he know? You know, all these stereotypes yep. start coming up because you're thinking there's no way I can learn something from this, this millennial about how to run this company. Um, I've been that person, though, especially yeah. in television news. Because um, your cast changes a lot around you right. over the years. And before I became a, you know, a host of a syndicated show, when I was doing just regular local news, I, I was anchoring at the age of you know 24. And, and you got 60-year-olds listening to News Gone Girl? What do you know about what life? What do you know? Or a 60-year-old <laughs> sitting next to you saying, oh, well, uh-huh. how can she do this breaking news? But I, I learned that just coming in and being persistent and knowing my stuff, I quickly earned their respect. So this happens at every job. When you come in and you're the, the baby anchor, yeah. the audience is like, oh Lord, who is this little girl telling me the news? And then the coworkers are like, oh Lord, uh-huh. let's see how she handles this when it's breaking news. And each time I just kept proving myself and that's how I earned their respect. So I had to go in there understanding why there was that perception. I, I understood, young, I understood. I was like, I'm young. I have to dress a little older. Yeah. I have, you know, luckily I have a voice that's a little more mature. Right. Uh, so that worked in my favor. But I knew every time I had to prove myself. Well, I did. And, and let me ask you this. As, as you've seen, as you've had a lot of people that's coming in right. Yeah. I feel like, you know, there's, there's really two ways that people kind of come into new situations and try to handle them. Arrogance mm-hmm. or humble. What do you think has worked for you the best? What would you say out of those two routes worked the best? 
You know, because some of those people come and go, I want to prove so much, I'm going to act like I know everything. It doesn't work. And some go the other way, right? <laughs> I, I've been with people in my career, and I've been doing TV now for 14 years. Yeah. So I've been around folks that come in like, I'm going to show you. I'm like, there's not much you can show. And try me. to answer all the questions. Yeah. Want to prove that they know everything. The, the way to show someone is just by your actions, I, I agree. think. You know, not saying I can do this and I'm the best at that. You'll earn that respect and that recognition when you just do it well. Yep. And I love. And don't got to tell anybody. You yeah, just do it. You do it. I love saying, oh, my God, that person's so good. You see how they handled that? Like, that's how that's how I, you know, have gained the respect. I, I remember walking into my second uh, news market and, man, I was the probably the youngest one in the newsroom. And they were going through all these changes. They had a new manager. Everyone's in a real bad mood. Yeah. And the boss told me on the first day, he goes, just a heads up, one of the anchors here uh, just got demoted today. So she may not be nice to you. And actually, she was super nice to me. So yeah. it was the opposite. Um, but I knew that first day I had to go live, which is my second day on the job. Live shots are difficult. Everyone was watching. Oh, yeah. Just waiting, waiting. for the ball to drop. But it didn't. And then after proving that over and over again, people were like, you know what? Give her a chance. She actually knows her stuff. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and I didn't go in there like trying to, I can prove that I can do this. I just said, let me just show up and do my job. And, and I don't, you know, and I don't care if you're old, young, experienced mm -hmm. or non going into any new situation, yes. coming in with the humbleness mm -hmm. will always get you further because see being humble will also let you have the ability to fail and them not hold it against you. Right. If you're arrogant and cocky and you know it all and you fail, mm -hmm. people are going to be going, uh huh, dumbass. <laughs> right. <laughs> Remember, my preacher watches sometimes, Solid so we got to stop that yeah, a little bit. A good one. One. Yeah. Uh, I don't have to get that one. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Leave that in. but if you're the humble person, yeah. nobody, nobody goes out with pitchforks going to try to take you on down whenever that happens. I have always. And, and one of the things that I've always done is I always just admit all of my stuff, all my flaws out front. Mm. You know, I come in, I'd, I would, uh, when I went out to, and took over a territory at 23 years old with all, I'd sit up there and I said, look, I don't have, you, you, all of you probably have more experience in your one finger than I have so far. Right. I'm fully aware of that. Mm -hmm. um, I have a couple good skill sets that have some hustle and work that I'm going to do. I will always outwork anybody. What I'm going to do is lean and hopefully I can gain some of that knowledge in your finger mm -hmm. and help us both continue to work on our skill sets. And I'm not going to be perfect. I'm going to make mistakes. I'm learning and all these things. And guess what? They buy in because they believe me because I'm actually being honest. I'm not trying to be a fake, arrogant, cocky person. People will buy into truth, honesty, and being humble in those ways. And and I can tell you that being humble never made it to where they thought I was weak. Mm-hmm. You know, that they, they they trusted me more versus the opposite. And some people think they got to come and be arrogant and cocky. Um, and, and I would tell anybody that you've got something to learn from anybody in your ter in your work life, in your personal life, whether they're parts of stereotypes you think you don't like or you would like. If you take the time mm -hmm. to get to know all of the people around you, there's something you can learn from everybody if you get out of these stereotype mindsets and go, I want to learn, humble yourself. There's a confidence humble. That's what I, I say. That's the line. You want to be a confident and humble person, not arrogant, not cocky, and not humbly so humble that you're weak and meek and mild, right? right? right. It's that confident, humble that you can do it. You got it. Um, but knowing that you're going to learn and gain more the more you use people around you. Um, so I think this is something that needed to be said here. And I think in these days, it's even more so that people got to learn to use all the resources around mm -hmm. you. You may not like 90% of something from somebody, but there's something 10% that you could probably get from them that could probably help add to yours to help continue to make you grow. Mm -hmm. So 
Um, we'll, we'll be back in just a minute on the second segment of Second Shot. He's a suit and tie kind of guy with deep southern roots. Keith Oaks hosts more of Second Shot coming up on RNCN. To all my friends in the great state of Texas, if you have not taken advantage, I have a way to save you a ton of money. I have saved over about $3,000 in the last year, and I have no hassle. Go to energyogre.com, put in the promo code Second Shot. Now listen, promo code Second Shot, and you're going to get a free month just for signing up and saving a ton of money. So don't be crazy. Stop sitting around talking about is this the real deal and go do it right now. Energyogre.com, promo code second shot in a free month. Thanks. Go get it now. Run. Ready? Aim. Fire. Second shot is back for another round on RNCN. Next one, this next one coming up is like the perfect like Texan story, oh, you man. know, <laughs> you know, because because Waterburger is like a Texan like like are, you're from the Carolinas. I'm from North Carolina. Yeah. So Waterburger's mm. not there. No. Yeah. So what's the North Carolina chain that's like they're like, is there like a, you know, it seems like like California In and Out is like everything in shake shack what i don't know not, there's is there a shake shack i can't you know what this is the thing with me i stopped eating red meat a long time ago you and jenny <laughs> both okay so yeah okay i've never officially walked into a whataburger yeah <sighs> um i have had well, a chicken you, biscuit brought to me and i thought, it was, and I thought yeah. it was mediocre okay all right so well, I, I don't know what the burgers are like but i hear in and out has really good burgers i don't i don't do in and out that's california sure yeah waterburgers texas and right. north carolina our thing is bojangles but that's, that's bojangles. no no oh, but that's the same thing that's what i'm saying bojangles <gasps> is y'all's thing that's right get a bowberry biscuit honey and your yeah. life has changed some bojangles that's <laughs> right <laughs> some it. sweet tea <laughs> a burberry bowberry what's bo okay I it's like a cinnamon roll you get two little Ooh, biscuits a in a little roll. container for like a dollar and some change and it's got mm. icing on it a cinnamon roll and biscuit then they don't sell like regular hash rounds they sell bow rounds they're like that big and they're like a onion fried hash oh, brown that sounds awesome I'm all over this cholesterol yeah. on a thousand it's great <laughs> sounds great that actually sounds <laughs> yeah. freaking amazing it's really good like like bojangles. i love a good cinnamon and sweet tea roll. Uh, gotta have a good sweet tea <laughs> swing by bojangles next big road trip that's a good time yeah but the reason we're talking about that is because of this next headline. Yes. Uh, this is hyper-local to DFW. All lanes reopened at US 75. I-635 after overturned tanker caused gridlock. Uh, last Thursday, there was this giant traffic jam in the morning. Thursday morning, rush hour, everybody's getting to work. And 75 and 635 are two major highways down here, and they intersect in, in a very wacky kind of position already. And this truck carrying a resin commonly used in the production of plastics as reported by the wfa uh said it overturned and some of this stuff started leaking out and they couldn't figure out a good way to get it turned back over oh. it becomes a hazmat issue they got to get a bunch of people out so rush hour morning traffic the whole thing shuts down just these are the two major gridlock. roads too yes. this is not like uh, some side roads we're talking about two of the Biggest roads in DFW. Right. In Dallas, Texas, yes. these are huge. Uh, and in all of this shutdown, in nobody moving and nothing happening, there was a guy who was seen on the news via helicopter hopping out of his truck on the overpass, walking down the way, hopping the barrier, and just strolling into Whataburger and getting himself a bite because his car wasn't going anywhere, and he figured, why not? 
Uh, and that's really what we want to talk about, right? Absolutely. And what was it? That, that, wasn't there some tweets or something? Did oh, somebody sure. tweet about yeah. it? Or? Uh, <laughs> it took me two hours to get to work this morning. I live off the high five. Since I knew about this before, and I went through Backstreet's neighborhood to come out on Spring Valley. It took me an hour to get out of out of the neighborhood oh. since Coit was standstill, Coit being the road out there. I mean, it, it was it was wild. Yeah, that's that's miserable. That, would, that, that can... That can really ruin a day. Oh man! <laughs> well, I, the worst thing that can happen is you can go to the work and get the pink slip that same day. Then it's really a bad <laughs> yeah. day. Makes things a lot worse. <laughs> right. I I had caught a chunk of it coming in because I come up six thirty five, and it normally takes me about fifteen minutes to get to work. It took like thirty five, uh, and and Matt caught it the worst. You but were how long? How long? Did, how much longer did it take you? I it probably I was probably an hour forty five minutes late. Oh. Yeah, and normally uh, I don't normally check traffic because I come in towards the end of rush hour you know we get here around nine o'clock so mostly most of the traffic especially on 635 layla's hating you internally right now yeah. as you say you come in at nine she's like yeah, right. jealous and like, that, that's what i'm going home you get yeah. to miss you get to miss the morning traffic um get to report on it but uh so yeah i normally don't check i usually 635 i mean there's some backup but i got there and it was completely stopped and yeah it was that point where it was they were starting to let some people through but there was one ramp open and they were diverting all of traffic to to this one part of the highway yeah. so and then everybody thinks they're going to be smart and take the next exit and go to the, so exits about three or four miles up they were all jam-packed oh, wow. it was terrible mm. terrible you know as soon as i saw it and i saw the, the helicopter view of the guy walking from waterburger <laughs> with his waterburger bag and all i just thought you know that's my kind of dude right there like <laughs> and like where everybody else will sit there in traffic and get pissed off put their heads down just be mad like he just said looked around and goes hey there's a waterburger I'm going to go get me some breakfast, and I'm going to make this an all right thing. And and I think that at times in life, we we get caught up in stuff. We get in, in where life has crumbled on us so much, and everything's hitting us, and, and, and we don't look around. Just take a, your head and turn it, look to the right, and realize there's a Whataburger there that can kind of bail us out. And, and, and when I say that, sometimes like when you're going through things personally as well, you don't take the time to take a right to a friend of yours and just say something that maybe they can help encourage you because you get so in your own mess mm -hmm. yeah. that you just don't look around and you know that old saying is smell the flowers a little right, bit right? right and and i think that people would be a lot happier if they would just kind of look relax mm -hmm. take a look around you're gonna have people there you're gonna have something there that maybe can help pass that time help go you know get around that because everybody goes through something or another at some point in their life in their work or or whatever it is and 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 i love the fact that he just said huh Hey, look! There's a water burger. I'm gonna give me some breakfast. If we're gonna do it here, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm at least give me some water burger this yeah, morning, yeah. Right? right? And and I mean, I think as you're going through all of it and you got all your stuff going on, why not taking the time to look around a little bit? Mm -hmm. What do you think? Uh, you're right, and I've seen this with friends. This has never happened to me. Not going wood. I mean, if I were stuck in that traffic, I probably would just cry. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> just sit there I'd and cry. Call my mom <laughs> <Just> and. <laughs> Well, but in your case, you'd have been getting off work, so you would have easily went to sleep. Uh, yeah, that's right. the other scary part. They have to come wake me up on the highway. <laughs> um, but, you know, I've had friends who were planning to go. They were going to Ireland or something, um, my friend and her husband, and their flight kept getting changed and delayed. They couldn't make the trip, and they had been looking forward to it. But instead of getting mad about it, they just rerouted. And I think they ended up, like, in Mexico or somewhere on vacation. They're like, well, yeah. we're supposed to leave our daughter with family and, and go have our own trip. But now we're just taking her and having a family trip to Mexico. Yeah. So they made the best out of it. I you bet know. you those are good people to be around, yeah, too. they are. That's I have a feeling their that, that when you do that, yeah. like you're, you're, yeah. that's probably a really good person to be mm -hmm. around. It is. 
So I, I, I try to stay positive in those situations. But I'm going to be honest, though. If I were on that bridge and stuck in that traffic, I seriously would be in the car crying. What if, Bojang- what if it was Bojangles right. versus Waterburger? Well, I might get out and walk to Bojangles and get the <laughs> Bowberry biscuit and some sweet tea. But I could see in the moment how people get so frustrated, yeah. especially when you're used to traffic already being backed up then when traffic starts moving everybody wants to look and see what happened so then there's another accident that happens as a result everybody sure. looking to see what happened so it's, it's easy to get frustrated in that point. but you know you just said something's a perfect example too because people that, that all these judges and, and everybody likes to be a judge of stuff right that they do this they get in their own stuff and mm-hmm. what they do is is they start looking around at the at the everybody else's stuff going on to try to magnify that and they magnify everything right by caring about everybody else's business mm-hmm. you know and, and, and it's like sometimes people think that when they get their stuff, they just want to get it, make sure everybody else has have something bad going on. And, and then, you know, I, I, they do. Those negative yeah, Nancy. Yeah. They, and, sure. You know, I've had, I've had, I've had people that, um, that have always said, uh, they would say, uh, you know, well, he's just always been real lucky. That's a, there's a lot of, you know, I was always lucky. Um, and then, you know, it was, it was all of those types of, th- or that, you know, well, he, you don't ever have anything bad go on like you're you, you, I don't know I choose to be happy you right. choose to be a miserable human and yeah. tell everybody else about how poor pitiful you I don't <laughs> right. I just don't express I, I just don't stand up and announce all my stuff mm-hmm. you know you know what I mean I, I, I choose to deal with it mm-hmm. and I deal with it and I have my times and days that I don't want to get out of my man cave I want to stay in there because I am feeling down and all that and I get myself out of it but I don't go announce it to everybody right you run around trying to make everybody else miserable <laughs> <laughs> I ain't want everybody to join that club. I, th- I yeah, think I think true. traffic because I'm one of those people. Like man, I, I I tear my hair out sitting in traffic. I hate it. Like it's the worst. Like I I, I man, I'm not a good person in traffic, and I, I struggle with that. But the silver lining of of life legitimately grinding to a halt and taking the control away from you is to remind you that just like any 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 game. It's just a game. Like yeah. and just take a second when you don't have an option mm-hmm. to be like, you know what. I'm hungry. Yeah. I'm going to go get something to eat. You yeah. know, like, yeah. why not? I, every, I, you can't do anything. You, you have no control. Just relax. Just hang out, you know, and, and enjoy it for what it is. Because if you sit there miserable, the only person who's going to be upset is you. Right. I, I try to make traffic positive sometimes when I'm passing an accident. Yeah. And I say, thank God I wasn't a minute earlier or two minutes earlier or three because that could have been me. You just never know how that could have changed your life that day. Yep. <sighs> if you had been a minute or two earlier, you're passing this horrific scene and you're thinking, yeah, I'm backed up, but boy, these people are having a really bad day or I'm, someone got you know, hurt or killed. But Layla, though, that's you know? why you are right. successful because your mindset is, mm-hmm. instead of the negative, it is the, well, if it if I would have been, you know, at this point, at that point, it could I could have been involved in mm-hmm. that, right? Like, and that's what people don't understand is that successful people are not people that don't have things happen to them right. wrong in life. Right. Successful people choose mm-hmm. to be happy in spite of it. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, and it is a choice. I don't just wake up going, ooh, I'm just, ooh, everything's great. Like, I'm not, I, I have to make a choice, a legitimate choice at times to go, I'm going to be happy. Right. I'm going to not let this take me over. Like, sitting in traffic. I have to make a legitimate choice not to be pissed off. <laughs> I mm. do too. Okay? It's hard. Oh, yeah. But, but that thing is <laughs> happiness is a choice. It is not something that somebody else has it and you don't. Mm-hmm. They've made a choice to do it. They've made a choice to look at the silver lining, the positive. As I've always said, I love the Steve Jobs quote, you can only connect the dots backwards, not forwards. Mm. And you know, you, you never know until you go through it and you go back and go, man, that really crappy thing, mm-hmm. if that wouldn't have happened, right? then... 
I wouldn't have my beautiful wife, my daughter, maybe. Mm-hmm. You know, like that That could have altered all of that. I thank God that really bad thing happened because right. it helped lead me that way. Mm-hmm. And if you have faith that you can connect the dots backwards, it can help a tremendous amount of things. And take a look around. Take a look to your right, to your left. You got somebody that can help pick you up. Take a right to the left and go slow down to go i'm gonna i'm gonna be through this i'm going to make i'm gonna make it past this and see if there's something around you that you can do that would alter your mind and make that choice to be happy versus making a choice to be there miserable make a choice to go get some water burger i'm just telling you i'll take some all day (laughs) so we'll be back in a minute and get to know the layla a little bit more on the third segment Now that's what I call ignorance on fire. More of Second Shot with Keith Oaks still to come. Ignorance on fire, a journey of failing your way to success. It is time for you to finally go get my book. You can get it in a hard copy. You can get it through reading it on your iPad or your Kindle. And you can also get it with this beautiful redneck voice of mine in audiobook style at audible.com or anything like that. So amazon.com, you can download the Kindle or paper and you can get it on the audiobook style. You've been hearing us talk about it forever and you've been trying to sit there and tell your friends, I'm going to get it one day. Today is the day. Go get it. And it will change your life. Get after it today. Ignorance on Fire, a journey of failing your way to success written by none other than myself. Thank you. Love you. And go pick it up today. Stop. Go now. Kick off your boots or suit up. The choice is yours. Welcome back to Second Shot on RNCN. So we were just talking a little bit offline because it's like my wife is like the one that like decides to eat like chicken because she knows it's it's healthy for mm-hmm. her like she, to eat a good protein. But she can really care less about meat. She doesn't hate it. She doesn't. She's not one. Of, she just doesn't really like it. She likes vegetables. I'm the exact opposite. Like in order for me to eat a green, I, I got to like. If I got, if I'm gonna have some greens on there, it's like I'll, I will take my piece of steak and put the vegetables with it and eat yep. it, so I can kind of mask <laughs> it. Blend it in, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> sure. Mother in some gravy. It's like the complete. I mean, I grew up in <laughs> South, deep East Texas in a little small town. There wasn't nothing that we ate that, that wasn't green. fried. That wasn't. <laughs> oh man. You know what I mean? Like, like if it if it could be unhealthy, my mom made it oh, unhealthy. Yeah. Oh wow. I mean, that's what you know. You yeah. North Carolina, Southern women. Cooking, yeah. battered, fried. But we had a lot of green stuff. We ate collard greens. Well, no, no, we did too. Sure. Green beans. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> I, and, and I ate green. We ate green beans. She made, but there was also bacon and bacon grease oh, in yeah. the green beans. Do you know what I mean? That's a good point. No. Like if there's a way to make it unhealthy, yeah. it was done. Sure. Well. You know? So I, I take it you're not doing the uh, green smoothie that Jenny brings to work every day. God no, that thing is not a chance. Scary. What is, she, what is she putting that? I, I, I have don't no know. Idea. It's just oh, super oh, yeah. green and, and it's big. Next yeah. time she's in the studio, folks, we'll yeah. get to the bottom of this. Yeah, they're, those oh, they're rough. <laughs> oh man, uh, Layla, I want I'd like I'd like for you to get a chance. I want I want you to kind of maybe tell your story some. Like tell tell our listeners how who who you are. Like where you know where you come from. Kind of what what you what the what's your path to where you are now and kind of. Uh, what what's happened kind of along the way? Oh, that's a lot, Heath. <laughs> yeah, lots no. lot to take on there. <laughs> give, right. the, give the year important your important pieces of things that that were. You're from North Carolina, yes. small big city. Uh, Fayetteville. My dad was in the army for 23 years. So you moved so, a lot. Uh, no, actually, I was very very lucky oh. in that sense. We were stationed at Fort Bragg uh, my, in my childhood. Went to Germany for three years and came back to Fort Bragg, which rarely happens with military kids. You're usually yeah. all over the place. And so I still have friends from like when I was five and six. Wow. When I came back that were still in Fayetteville 
And then when I went off to college, they moved to Colleen, Texas. My dad served at Fort Hood. Um, he served two wars. One, he mm-hmm. was in the Army. One was Desert Storm in the, in the 90s, and the other one was um, he went to Iraq during oh. the war back in 2000, I guess it was two, three, yeah. whenever they went. And um, the, he retired at Fort Hood, and they moved back to North Carolina to Charlotte, and then I went on to Northwestern and pursued this crazy field of, of TV and journalism. So what was it? <laughs> what, what, what was, when you were growing up, were you involved? Were you a sports person? Were you a journalist, just journalist person? Were you, what, were, what was your interest? The funny thing is the younger Layla, like five, six, was super shy and quiet, always writing and reading. You were shy and quiet? Yeah, it's weird. About middle school, end of elementary, middle school, um, I got the nickname Mouth from the South from my <laughs> principal, uh, Mr. Killingsworth in North yeah. Carolina. My, my best friend, Latoya, and I were so loud. We had, in the cafeteria, we had stoplights. Yeah. So if it went red and went off, you had silent lunch. So we got the whole cafeteria silent lunch about three, four days a week. Yeah. And so finally they were like, those two are the problem. So he put us in the <laughs> center of the cafeteria and we ate lunch with him every day for the rest of the school year. So we thought we were doing big things. That's we're hanging awesome. out with the principal. Yeah. So that's Love not the spot. You were taking yeah. things as a positive I was like, this is right. great. I'll, this I have, is awesome. I have assigned seating with the, with the adults. <laughs> and after Seat that, he said, you'll be a good lawyer one day. And then, uh, you know, I went into, you know, high school and stuff doing student government yeah. and I decided then, like freshman year, I wanted to do TV and just kind of stuck on that path. So what, how and why? What, what about TV? Because your parents, are, you come from the Army yeah. and all that. Because, you know, Jenny comes from the family that has nothing to do with TV or anything yeah. either. We didn't either. We had yeah. nothing to do with TV. I know. I, so, like, why, what, what, do you, what sparked you? Yeah, I think because I was just a good public speaker. And people tell you, oh, you're, you know, you're at 15 and 16 years old. You're great at speeches. I'm like, yeah. But we used to have to watch Channel 1 News when we were in school. This is back in the day when, like, you know, Lisa Ling was on there. I think Anderson Cooper back in the day was on there. All these folks who are big journalists now. And it was just a cool, fresh take on news that appealed to the young people. And we watched it while we were in, in school every day, like yeah. for one, one period of the day. And I said, I want to do that one day. I want to tell stories. And so I just stuck on that path in college and then went on to grad school and, and got a master's in journalism at mm. Northwestern, which I call boot camp. Mm. And then the rest <laughs> is history. <laughs> it was so, a serious boot camp. What, what do you think that... Um, you know, I know along the way of the, the TV business, mm-hmm. I know from, from my aspects of, of Jenny telling me is that um, a lot of people will go into, she'll see these interns and right that are going to want to go into it and they'll come in and talk about, you know, uh, oh, they want to, how great it is. But like they have a, they think it's a very glitzy glamour thing oh, yeah. versus what journal, you know, like Jenny loves stories. She loves to tell mm-hmm. people stories. She loves that aspect of it. And she always says that's the difference of the people that make it or not because as soon as a kid gets out of school and they go to that 130 market Mm -hmm. and um, they are um, putting on makeup on, they are uh, standing up their own camera and they're, Mm -hmm. you know, and and they're like making barely enough to feed themselves. They all quit because it's like, this ain't glitz and glamour. You got to love the journalism Mm -hmm. because it ain't, you know, it took Jenny 12 years, 10 years to get to, you know, this size Mm -hmm. of a market. It, um, I think a lot of it happens, too, in the schools. I, I feel like some of these folks aren't prepared for what TV is all about. I feel like when we went through it, and I'm old. <laughs> this is like, you know, 14 years in the business. But when we went through it, we understood that you're going to start somewhere small. You're going to make no money. Mm-hmm. And when I say no money, like oh, some yeah. days I was like, what am I having for dinner? Ramen or peanut butter and jelly? Because I got just enough money for my rent. My first TV job, I was, I don't even know how I lived Jenny said she made like 21000 I her made first about job. 24, 25000 before taxes. Yep. And I lived in the nicest apartment complex in Greenville, North Carolina, which was like 600 a month. 
So if your paycheck is seven twenty, yeah, <laughs> one Kinda check close. was rent. My student loans were like, oh honey, call us in a couple of years yes. when you're we're fine. You don't have to pay right now. I mean, I had to figure it out. But then I started teaching on the side because I had and Jenny was a trainer on the side. Right, I had the the journalism degree from Northwestern, so I was able to be a professor. So I started teaching at twenty four, and that just made me really rich. Back then. <laughs> yeah. I had two jobs. But my point is, I the, the young folks I would meet along the way who would come intern with us. Just they they would say things like, "Oh, I can't come in tomorrow because I have this." I'm like, when I was an intern, I made time. I yeah, came yeah. in, I I was grinding. Whatever they need me to do, I worked all these hours. We didn't get paid. Nowadays, these interns get paid. Yeah, so yeah. their mindset of like what it takes to do this is, is different. We're in the age of Instagram and and you well, know looking Instagram, pretty online. It well, changes the, the whole. These people that rent a Ferrari and park it and say yeah. that they've rented it and like, oh look, come be successful. Right. Buy my programs. Like you ain't got no Ferrari. <laughs> it changes why people get in this business. Yes. They're not into TV anymore because they like to write and tell yes. stories or they want to get to the bottom and change laws or whatever. They're in it for the glitz and glam. Yeah. That's that's unfortunate because well, and, and and it's not. They figure out it's really not glitz and glamour. But sometimes folks get really lucky and they're yeah. they're twenty three and the first job is Dallas. somewhere like New York. Yeah. They have no idea yeah. what everyone else had to go through to get even anywhere close to that and all the dues they've paid in the in their work. I did four unpaid grueling internships before oh, I yeah. got out of college. I mean, I had to walk in New York. I got splashed by a cab trying to get a <laughs> trying to get a Michael Jackson Jackson Five record from a record store. I mean, like stuff like that. Yeah. I have stories, you know. It's just but whatever. You, I just try to stay focused on this is what I'm doing right now. This is my story. And hopefully I can pass this along to, you know, people I mentor, students I've taught in, at, you know, East Carolina and Hampton University who I still mentor to this day. I try to make sure they understand, you know, what it takes to be successful and just focus on that. Jenny always said, you can go, she said in her first job, you know, like she's making 21, 20. And she was, she's, all, she's always been, I mean, even when she went to Tucson, she was the Monday morning, Monday through Friday anchor mm -hmm. still having to be a trainer on the side uh -huh. to make enough money to really have like pay her rent yeah exactly and yeah. she said uh you know the first job you know they're like doing a story at the the food bank handout line she's like i literally qualified to be getting the food bank as well <laughs> oh yeah and this is on-air talent yes, right this absolutely. isn't like in the back room nobody no. sees you running graphics and, and like, this is you are on she, Wear, like smaller, outfit and everything makeup and, markets. yeah she made twenty two thousand yeah. a year that's mm -hmm. wild yeah I mean, it, it's no joke. It, it, it takes, and all of them, well, she asked somebody one time, she said, um, how do how do you, how do people do it? Like, how, how do, how do I actually, you know, because looking at apartments, like yeah, you said, and yeah. stuff like, is there a and tax other people, bracket or something? And what she said, I? somebody was going to go, well, I mean, most people's parents just help them out. And she's like, well, mm -hmm. I mean, I, mama, I don't come, my mom and dad love mm -hmm. me and they give me lots of love, but like, they ain't got the ability to help pay my bills. Oh, there were many days that, you know, my first TV job, that parents were sliding money in the bank account mm -hmm. or siblings. One of my funniest stories, we always laugh about this at work because people get me confused. I don't know why with Layla Ali. They just hear my name and mm -hmm. think Muhammad Ali's daughter. So I'm at the bank and this is in that Well, that's probably because your last name and is the first the yeah, name. Yeah, yeah. And I'm at the bank and I probably have like a $10 balance. <laughs> and I pull up to the drive-thru and this lady goes, are you really her? And I'm thinking, I've only been doing TV for a few months. <laughs> I said, you know, yeah, I work at you know Channel 9 down the street. She goes, no, I, are you Layla Ali? I said, ma'am, do you see the, my bank account balance? I'm missing <laughs> some zeros. Yes, yeah, listen, missing a couple <laughs> zeros. Yeah, you said negative some? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, not her, you know. Oh, but it, it was rough starting out. But I, don't, I wouldn't change it.
the when friends you, you make in those first markets and the lessons you learn and that's how i became a a real journalist yeah. like telling stories having to knock on doors having to be you know make good relationships with the sheriff's departments i was so close to every sheriff's department yeah because that's how you get the story on what was mm -hmm. happening down the street and you didn't hear this from me but you know call jim over at the firehouse that happened last night yeah. that's how i learned how to get stories what would you say that if you if you can give anything to the kind of the listeners there if you got is there you know I always say everybody has a story. Mm -hmm. You just got to be open enough to be vulnerable enough to tell you good, you bad, and ugly with your story. Everybody's got them. And, and I think that stories, the story of going through is what helps others. Is there any particular stuff that you think that um, throughout your story that really stick to you that were just something you felt like was a super character building moments of any way that maybe sharing with the listeners or something, maybe there's somebody listening that is going through something similar that you've either overcome, you've either um, surpassed, you, you've either, um, you, you look back and realize what it did or, or you powered through it or you, you know, anything that others may find some inspiration from um, in, in your story and in your journey. I think, you know, even with that first job, I think what it was, was trying to just figure out how to survive, but not letting that, um, deter me there you know you could go into a first job and say oh my god I'm making $24,000 and yeah. I can barely pay my rent I should just go back home and work and do something else this is not working out but I kept showing up every day I'm like you know eventually it, it, it's gonna make sense and you know the Lord will reveal away and and it happened it was just that hard work and one day being out on a story about gas prices because God knows we didn't have many story options <laughs> yeah. um, and I was at that gas station thinking why is this cow next to me mooing because there was a cow at the gas station just moving you know, right there <laughs> um, and and this lady came up and said you did a really good job in, in that interview with me and she said my husband works at the university down the street where did you go to school the conversation started she knew my background and that's how I got that job teaching on the <laughs> side so just having that positive attitude in that moment, I could have been all you know mad because it's hot outside, the cow was mooing, and and I'm making no money. But but that day, no, but my you did the best my, possible for that story. Yeah, and and I did the, and but someone noticed, and yes. that's how I got the job that was able to help me pay my rent and feed my coworkers. Yep, I, I did. I had yeah. coworkers yeah. who would say, "Layla has food." They come over and I yeah. feed people who couldn't eat. Yeah. You know? Dinner at Layla's. It Love was it. dinner at yeah. Layla's. But but my whole story in TV has never been about. Um, a leg up it's never been that i knew someone it has always been i and I, I haven't learned you know met a lot of people along the way but it's always been my work speaking for itself so i've had to always work hard I, I at everything along the way to prove that i can get to that next level but i think that's what's key is is yeah. that you know a lot of people may be in job or, or doing something that they really don't like they don't that's not where they want to be at but mm -hmm. and so they they kind of just mail it in all the time because they're pissed off versus going you the gas price story, you did everything you could to make sure that was the best dadgum gas price story in the world. And because of that, mm -hmm. somebody just so happened you were talking to had a connection somewhere that knew it to lead it to do, you know, it's like, that's what people don't get to understand. You mm -hmm. may be, if you're sitting in a position that you don't like to be in, be, do what every, go above and beyond right. stuffing the mail if you are mm -hmm. to do it and somebody will notice mm -hmm. every time they will they always do when you're least expecting it so well, we appreciate you coming on a thank lot you. i thank you for taking your time to be three this morning that just like right. up. and uh <laughs> oh, wow. and i know i know what that means and i really we don't take it for granted at all i really appreciate it and you've been a blast and i think you're gonna be on the next one as well Yay. so our people are gonna get a little bit more from you but Tell them where they can find you on social media because go follow her. It's fun to see all her stuff. Where are you Hey, at? <laughs> uh, you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Layla Muhammad TV. Should I spell it out? 
Sure. L-A-I-L-A-M-U-H-A-M-M-A-D-T-V. And Layla Muhammad on Twitter. At Apple Zackintosh on Twitter and Instagram. That's me. Yes. And he folks are ignorance on fire where you can. Thank you guys again, and we love you, and we'll see you next time.